It's what people bring to the table these days. It is not all about the skill set or even the degree anymore. All of that is almost kind of being thrown out the window. And it's character and learners, people who are curious. Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? Today, we have a great guest on the show, Melinda Torreson, who I have known for many years. She is the leader, the president and CEO of Metter Staffing Company, which has been around for more than 50 years. She had a leadership role in the Economic Alliance, uh, helping mentor and lead women in a typically male-dominated environment. She is a woman of faith, a business leader, a a leader in the community, a mother, a wife, a foodie, a traveler. And we're going to have so much interesting things to talk about to bring you value and transformation into your life today. So welcome, Melinda. Thank you so much for joining us and being here today. Yeah. Well, thank you, Crystal. I really appreciate the invitation and just, you know, most importantly, just look forward to the conversation. Yes. Well, let's dive in. And I have some questions I don't even know if we're going to get to them because I know that we're going to really get going on a roll and have so much great insight for everybody. But the first place, the the place that I wanted to start with you today was talking about what your intention was when you went to college. Like, what did you want to do? What did you think? What did you visualize for your life um, when you went to college? And then what did you do immediately after? And, you know, I wish I could say, honestly, Crystal, that I was, you know, one of those individuals that knew exactly what I wanted to do in high school and then, you know, had everything all mapped out and laid out in college. Um, you know, it's interesting. I look back, um, and actually I just turned 60 this year. And so um, there is definitely something to say about age that brings wisdom and insight and perspective. And so I look back at, um, you know, of course, God creates us with, you know, our, our DNA and just the way that we're Put together from the moment we're born until we, you know, end up leaving this earth. And so, you know, I look back at my younger self when I was in college, and I want to say I, I still had, you know, that that drive, that ambition, but it was at such a for me personally, just such an immature, you know, level. And of course, you know, having gone through, um, you know, just situations with family and and things of that nature. But, you know, when I was going to college, um, one of my favorite things about college, you know, I can't really say was all about the business courses that I took, but the sorority that I was in, that I really look back and really attribute so much of um, just, you know, being able to step into leadership within the sorority and just within the Greek system in general, Um, I went to, you know, at that point in time, it was Southwest Texas. Now it's Texas State. Um, And so honestly, I really just thought, you know what, I'm I'm just going to go out and uh, do something great. I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. Um, It's interesting, you know, I look back at, uh, you know, my 20-something self, and I really never wanted to live in Pasadena. My motto was, I'm not going to live in Pasadena, Texas. I'm not going to work for Matter Staffing Services. And I'm probably going to leave the state of Texas and go and find, you know, my big life and my big job um, somewhere else. So, but the sorority actually took me to, and that's actually how I met Rick. Um, you know, my husband was through sorority and fraternity. What used to be called chapter consultants. And so I had actually applied for a leadership consultant, chapter consultant role after I graduated from college and was one of five um, five individuals that were selected across the nation. And basically what we would do was travel all across the nation to all of the different 
um, you know, universities and colleges and you would meet with alumni, you would meet with, you know, the collegiate, you would help them with leadership. You would, you know, I look back at that particular role and I think that really just, I don't know, set the tone or aligned me um, or positioned me for where I was going to go. So I guess that's a long answer to, you know, your question. But yeah, I wish I could say I just had this brilliant mapped out plan, but I really didn't. Um, and when I finished the role of, of traveling for a year across the nation as a chapter consultant, at that particular point in time, our nation went into a huge recession. So the job market was not great. And so I ended up back in Pasadena and um, at that point in time, it was like, well, maybe I'll just go and hang out at Matter Staffing for a little bit and until I could, you know, move on. And 35 years later, I'm still here at Matter Staffing Services. So um, you just you just never know um, sometimes what the path is going to be, you know, where God's going to take you. So, And when you took the position or were applying for the position within the sorority organization, yeah. what... I mean, were you looking to extend the college experience or was there something else that you really was were driven to or uh, aligned with um, at that time in your life? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Nobody has ever asked me that question before. It's um, really good. I think I, 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 did, I loved college. Um, the, it's interesting, the individual that came... Um, when I was a senior at Texas State and the individual that was a chapter consultant that came to visit, you know, our organization, um, she and I just really connected. Long story short, she literally ended up becoming my best friend, my maid of honor in my wedding. We became roommates. She was from Texas too. And so hearing her story um, of the experience really intrigued me. Um, plus, I love a great adventure and I love, this is weird to say, but I think I love the unknown. Um, the, I think it was just the experience to travel all over the country to visit d- different universities. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Northeast. Um, I spent a lot of time in the, the Midwest. I got to experience, you know, actually colonizing a sorority, which is basically, you know, starting a new chapter at the University of North Carolina. So I think it was just all of those things surrounded um, adventure. I think it's just adventure and experience. And I think I really looked at it as this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and experience. And why not just put yourself out there? And if I get selected, then it'll just be great and wonderful. So and so, you know, that is an excellent way to think about it, that, you know, it was this, this thing that you were not called to do, but that you were inspired to do. You thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity and a huge adventure. So yeah. for people that may be listening that have an opportunity, you know, coming their way that, you know, they're really, really interested in, but they could be held up by the fear or the unknown or the money. Um, what do you think helped you get beyond those factors? I mean, a girl from Texas, maybe you had traveled, but you probably hadn't been uh, really out there on your own. And then I'm yeah. guessing, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing it wasn't like the most high paying job that you probably could have sought after. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when you said money, I was like, Okay, you definitely didn't do this job for the money. You know, and you have to remember, so this was, you know, back in the 80s. So this was before cell phones, before you know, we look back now, I mean, I'm still just super close with the other four, you know, ladies that I traveled with. But we look back now, Crystal, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do that job without a cell phone. How did we do this? Okay, our big fat paycheck was actually $400 a month is what we made. Um, so needless to say, you know, that you still had to be somewhat on your parents' payroll. But if you think about it, I mean, we we lived on the road. We, you know, I didn't have an apartment. I, I you know, I didn't have living expenses. You literally were living out of a suitcase. And, you know, our, 
the headquarters, you know, for all of the fraternities and shorties, most of them are actually in Indianapolis. So your your home base is kind of this, it's weird. Kind of think of it like a Greek row that you would see on a college campus. That's what fraternity headquarters looked like in Indianapolis. So it was this big giant house. And, you know, when we would come back to our home base, the five of us, you know, we would um, you know, take a week to kind of debrief and then get yourself together. And then you were literally back on the road for six weeks at a time. You had to um, schedule your own travel. So we flew, um, you know, from place to place. So you had to make your own travel arrangements. You, um, like I said before, you didn't have a cell phone. We had to carry typewriters where you're, you know, you're typing your reports. I mean, it's just, it, I look back again and I think, that is just insanity. But I just, I encourage people that I think all of us have, um, you know, this adventurous spirit inside of ourselves, especially as, as women. I think, I think we are, um, I don't know, I just think the way that God created us is just really extra special and that He wants us to go on this path of living, you know, the best adventure, the best adventure of our life. And so, um, I think I think one thing that gets in our way is the older we get, um, the more, you know, I've always learned from my dad, dad is that, you know, most people, they die at the age of 30 because their curiosity level, their adventure level, their um, just willingness to take a risk, it, it just stopped for some reason stops at 30. And so I just think there's, inside of us, this curiosity, this, you know, uh, just this learner type of spirit. And so I just, I encourage any woman, you know, and I look back to, of course, you know, many women probably say, well, Melinda, at that point in time, you know, you were single, you weren't married, you didn't have kids, but I will tell you, Crystal, some of the, the biggest steps that I've taken in, you know, this adventure here in the marketplace have really been in the last few years as well. When I've been married, when I've had children, when my children were babies, I was, you know, doing traveling all over the country for better staffing services, you know, setting up other staffing companies into, you know, this amazing industry that we get to be a part of. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with your support system. But I think women just for some reason, just, you know, kind of put, they put limitations on themselves. So I don't know, my greatest advice is to just put one step in front of the other and just step out and do it because really most of the time you will have no regrets and, and just where the path may lead you to. So, well, and I want to, you know, I want to pause and look back on there, there's so much to unpack there. There's so much good information um, that, uh, you know, I have multitude of questions on that, but I really yeah. want to highlight and I want to hear you say it again, what your dad told you um, mm-hmm. happened at the age of 30. Because I think that's really, really impactful. So say it yeah. again for anybody that might have missed it. Oh my goodness. And of course, you know, my dad is definitely, you know, one of my mentors and uh, just one of the most wise individuals that I've ever known and probably one of the most successful and just amazing business leaders on the planet. So I take a lot of his, you know, a lot of his, uh, you know, words and quotes um, to heart, but he has said time and time again, Melinda, people die at the age of 30. And I'd always be like, okay but they're physically still walking. He said they mentally die at the age of 30 because they just, for some reason, they stop in their tracks. They stop learning. The curiosity stops. And I think it's like my dad says, they look at the rest of their life as, well, this just, this is what it is. Um, So that is definitely one of his quotes that I've taken to heart. And I think both my dad and myself, I think because of, you know, his beliefs and, and um, just curiosity and learning, we're both huge learners. You know, another quote that my dad has always, you know, said too, that, you know, leaders are readers and, you know, learners are readers. And so just super passionate about uh, reading and acquiring information and knowledge. And um, I just think that's so important just to always keep on learning. 
Um, because I don't think you ever, you never fully arrive at, at the end of your journey until you're just, you're, you're no longer here anymore is kind of how I, how I look at things. So how have you and to another degree, uh, and, and we're going to have Rick, Melinda's husband on the podcast as well. And we'll have a lot of good conversations with him. And he's had a totally different, interesting journey that, you know, brings so much value, um, but different than yours, Melinda. How have you guys, because you guys do a lot of interesting things as a couple and also in your separate business entities, you don't work together, um, but you both have thriving careers. How have you guys been able to prevent this death at 30? And I know um, I joke about it to Rick and I will joke about it to you. Um, I'm not going to share how old you guys are, um, but you don't, you know, project that, right? And I think that probably has to do with this life of adventure, life of curiosity, um, continually learning, trying new things and not being fearful. So for people who maybe didn't grow up with a father that's giving them an advice or surrounded by a community and an organization that helps them propel forward, you know, do you have any tips and tricks or practical advice for people to keep really living? I mean, that is really what I want to bring to uh, people and specifically to women is to live and find your really true passion, happiness, um, and contentment in life. Yes. Oh my gosh, such a good question. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, what would my answer be? A couple of things just it come like top of mind. So I'll go with those. The first thing is, and I've always learned this as well, not not just from my dad, but I believe from other um, just, you know, really individuals who I am so inspired by. Um, it's who you surround yourself with. I think first and foremost, if you surround yourself with, you know, people who are, um, and I have, I have a group of ladies that, we, we call ourselves like the ladies book club. And so, um, and there are actually, you know, other women here in the community that I've just, you know, had the, the blessing of being able to call friends, but we're also very different. But I look at, you know, when we're together, I look around the table, each one of them, we are all such a diverse group of women. Um, you know, some are single, some of us are married. I'm the oldest in the group, you know, so some are very, young, um, but they all have this just passion about them of curiosity and, you know, starting new things and being involved and just this passion, um, not just, you know, in the careers that they're a part of and the businesses that, you know, some of them run, but it is just a zeal and a passion for life. And it is, it is about giving. So I believe being around a group of people who aren't takers who are givers, but also who are, um, I look at this group of women who are so supportive and so encouraging. And, um, you know, when I might not be thinking the best about myself or believing that I can do something, they really call call me to um, something greater. So I believe that your support system, again, the people that you're around, um, it has a significant impact on you. So me personally, I have to be around positive people. Um, I definitely run from from negative um, you know, people who just want to drag you down and complain and whine because I believe there's always a solution to every challenge or challenge or situation that you're in. I think another piece of advice that I would give to you is find a mentor. And I think people, you know, we hear so much about mentor and mentoring lately. And I think women, um, for some reason, women that I talk with might be intimidated or think that, well, how can I find a mentor? I think they get hung up on how can I find somebody and will they do it? And again, I just say, find, find an individual they're all around you. You know, it's even individuals like yourself, Crystal, that, um, you know, I would recommend to people just put yourself out there and just go ask them, you know, don't get so hung up on, oh my gosh, it's going to be a full program. And how do you do this? It's literally just getting together and having a conversation. Um, and I've been able to be a part of the, the impact leadership program here, uh, 
in Pasadena, you know, sponsored through the Pasadena Chamber of Commerce. And I've been able to serve as a mentor for the last three years. And it's it's funny, I always tell everybody like, I'm really not the mentor, I'm like the mentee. These women, you know, that I've been partnered with to mentor have taught me more. I, it, I feel like I don't give them anything at all. And what they've given back to me has just been so immensely special. So a woman who is maybe looking for a mentor, um, look around you. There's so many people out there who are willing to who are willing to give back. I think there's women, more women who are, you know, like myself, who are at the end of their career, you know, at a certain age, who are just longing for somebody to come and ask them, hey, can I just sit down and meet with you? And can you just share your story with me and share your journey? Um, and, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think there's so many people out there who are really wanting to, just waiting for that person to come and ask them. To summarize, I would you know say that some of the most important tools that we can give ourselves to prevent this kind of um, lifeless death, so to speak, um, or this the, the beginning of the end, uh, would yeah. be you know maintaining zeal, living a life of service, surrounding yourself with encouragers, staying active and adventurous, reading. And finding a mentor, which leads right into the next thing that I was going to ask you. So you really uh, served it up there for me. But I do want to pause and say that something else I heard in there was, you know, the group of women. And you mentioned again that you're one of the older women in the group. Well, for the ladies out there that may be uh, into vanity a little bit, like who of us isn't slightly into vanity, uh, I also have a very good friend um, and I, I run with him. And so I also know his wife very well. And, um, it's the same thing. She has this passion and zeal for life and she just gets out there and lives and she just has fun and she doesn't let things hold her back. And she was in the neighborhood's mom's group and she was having a big birthday. It was six O the ladies uh-huh. thought she was turning the four O oh honestly, that's the differential. And so I would tell ladies that you need to do it for your soul, for your heart, for your being. But, you know, it doesn't hurt the outward appearance either. Living yeah. and finding a way to be happy and adventurous and seeking um, new experiences will benefit us on the inside as well as the outside. And sometimes if you're not motivated by the inside, you are motivated by the outside. So I, yeah. I, I just thought that was a, a funny correlation that I'm just seeing there. Um, and yeah. I am going to dive into that. And it might, have to write an article about that. But um, moving on to the topic of mentors, you know, um, you, you've just shared that your dad was one of your mentors. Um, You know, what other kind of mentors did you have? How did you find them? How did they impact you? Um, You know, what else can you share with people? We always think of mentors as being really office oriented. And I think that that is important. But it's also really important for your life. And, and I like to think of it as career in life. Um, if you have a career outside of the house or mm-hmm. if your career is raising your children, it is such part and parcel to your life that it's hard to really untangle that. So there's always going to be those natural overlaps. So if it doesn't feel comfortable, you have a mentor at the office, you know, obviously having a mentor in life somebody that you can have coffee with is so important. So along your journey, can you talk to us a little bit more about um, where you found these mentors, how they impacted you and, you know, how your dad led you? Yeah, and that's a good question. So yeah, such an interesting journey, you know, through just through my 35 years here at Metter Staffing Services. So honestly, one of my first mentors was here at Metter Staffing Services, um, Darla Haygood. And she actually worked here at Metter Staffing Services for 45 years. And she retired in the year of COVID um, in 2020. Uh, but it's interesting. She, uh, gosh, she did so much, you know, for the organization, for the company. And when I first started, I really attribute her um, to me staying at Metter Staffing Services, to be honest. I think, you know, when I first started, you know, um, I, th- I think my dad and I were 
it's interesting. You know, a lot of people who know us, they're like, oh my gosh, y'all are literally cut from the same cloth. You're very similar, um, but we're very different in nature. We're, I'm a female, he's a male. That has has brought, I think, great, um, really cool stuff to better staffing services, you know. Uh, but all in all, I look back and I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I would have been at Metter Staffing if I would have actually had to report to my dad, have him be, you know, my boss per se or supervisor. So I think he kind of got tired of me asking questions. And then he he was like, Darla, can you like take care of Melinda? So honestly, she was my supervisor and my leader for years. And she and I, oh my gosh, you talk about adventure. We did together so many really incredible things. She actually was, um, at that point in time, when I started reporting to her, she managed the entire uh, temporary division of Metter Staffing Services. And at that point in time, oh my gosh, we had, you know, offices all over the city, you know, throughout the state. And she and my dad, along with two other individuals, actually started a national network of temporary help services to really come together and to partner as privately owned companies, independently operated, sharing information, training and whatnot. And so Darla was actually the leader or the president of that network. And then I was the executive director. So she and I would put on conferences all over the nation. We would just collaborate with 150 other, you know, staffing companies throughout the nation. Um, And then the other company or division that I talked about earlier was called Temporary Systems. And so she and I worked together with that company as well. It would travel again all over the country, um, helping other people get into the staffing business. And so for a period of time, probably a, a decade, um, she and I were were like twin sisters, just joined at the hip. And I really attribute a lot of my success to Darla. Um, I learned a lot from her. Um, you know, of course, she's Darla's uh, 10 years older than me. So I not only learned a lot by seeing her in business, in the organization, um, but her personal life and where her life ended up kind of going through, you know, loss of of family members. And so watching her journey of, okay, this is not just how you do life and business. This is how you're supposed to do life. Cause she did it so gracefully and beautifully. Um, this is how you do life just within your family. And then Darla ended up becoming um, in her later years of her career, she was really Metter Staffing's kind of point person in the community. So it was like, she's a citizen of the year, you know, for Pasadena. She um, did all kinds of things in the community. So seeing her and my dad in business, in community, with family, how to be a wife, a mom, how to go through the seasons of life of older parents, you know, losing, um, losing family members and how you keep, getting out of bed each and every day. She taught me so much. And other mentors, you know, I've had, um, I think of one other lady who was older than me too. She ran a, a staffing company across town here in Houston. And she and I became really good friends through um, the, I guess what you would call the Texas Association of Personnel Consultants, which was the association specifically for our industry. And um, she had served on the board and was president and then they had brought me on the board and I was, God, in my 30s um, and ended up becoming president of that organization. But she and I would travel together and I look at her as just another individual who was just really uh, pivotal for me in my probably 30s and 40s. And then I look just... You know, I could call them out by name, but I'd probably leave people out. But I look around the community at Pasadena and I look at so many people who are my friends, uh, but really are mentors. Um, oh my gosh, I just, I just, I'm so blessed. I just have really, I always say, I just have the coolest friends 
who have really, they're really a big deal here in the region and in the community. And I'm just honored and privileged to be able to, to know them and, um, just to be able to call them mentors. Yeah. And, and, and being able to have that, and I feel the same way. Like I've had some really great mentors and some opportunities. Um, and I always tell people, if you aren't sure, you know, ask, ask people, you know, you can't just wait in life. You know, you have to make things happen for yourself at some time. Um, and so, especially for entry-level people, I think showing an interest, asking good questions, um, showing people that you're going to spend the time and effort to get to know them is important to start creating those kind of business relationships or mentorships. Um, and certainly if you get to know people and then you know have some life questions, you always have that trust and comfort with them that can bring so much to your life. I um, One of the things I... I heard in your story with Darla and your amazing mentorship and friendship um, is the power of community and friendship. And I, I, I want to pause and talk about that for a second because I think it's so important, especially in this day and age where um, it may be an unpopular opinion. Um, people want to say that women and men are the exact same and we can all do the exact same things. Hey, nobody has ever told me I couldn't do something I that I would believe. I grew up, my parents used to joke, where did this child come from? I was just like, yeah, "Yeah, I can do anything I want. There's nothing I cannot do. However, there are differences in men and women. And I was reading an article recently that was talking about um, that work community is so much more important to women and their happiness in their career than it is for men. You know, men are fine to go to work, do business and go home. But women, you know, our predisposition is to be in the community, to be taking care of children, to be taking care of other people, to have those um, relationships. I mean, for thousands of years, women were all together while men were out hunting and gathering. Women were together yeah. talking and working together. And so I think it's so beautiful to hear you say that because it does bring about a different feeling of satisfaction and contentment with your work. And it can be really hard in this day and age um, so I would challenge people to really get out of your comfort zone, especially if you are working remote. You have to find a way to connect, you know, get out for lunch with a friend, have with your partner or spouse have lunch, um, or otherwise find ways to build these relationships with your colleagues because it really is going to make a difference. Um, I worked at um, a theme park in high school. And I always say that was one of the best because I was surrounded by other 16-year-olds. It was like having a sorority fraternity in high school. (laughs) This big group of people that were your same age, always doing stuff together and forming relationships. And then as an adult, I, you know, worked at one company that had 220 people in the office here in Houston. And I could say that I knew or had a relationship with over a hundred of them. It really was and when I left there, oh, so hard. I knew I needed to leave for my career, but it was so hard because of that relationship environment. And so yeah. for business leaders, um, especially women business leaders, I would challenge them. How can you create that? How can you make opportunities for your people to form relationships? Because um, where people move around so much in this day and age, that could be the difference maker. That can be something that helps people stick around um, when you have that familial comfort level with people. So I wanted to highlight that because you even said it yourself. One of the things that kept you at Metter, which your dad founded, yeah. was not necessarily it being a family business. It was Darla, your mentor, your friend, um, and what an impact that that had on you. Um, that's amazing. The other thing that I was thinking about, and you can probably expand upon this a little bit, um, is if your if your company doesn't offer a formal mentorship program, you found other mentors at service organizations and industry. Um, do you see that pretty frequently? Where um, in uh, industry type organizations, I know you've been a part of numerous ones where people from different companies, even if they may be competitors, are forging mentorships. And how do you go about um, kind of engaging people that you may admire? Yeah, that's like, that's such a good question. You know, and it's interesting. I look back in the early years of being in the staffing industry, um, we're a very, it's a very competitive, you know, market. There's, there's a, 
lot of us, you know, um, in in the Houston, you know, greater Houston area. And, and honestly, that's why we ended up creating this national network because you were, you know, it's like my dad said, you were just kind of, you know, doing this thing and wondering like, I mean, how are, are we doing good? Like, are we, are, are, are we successful? You know, because you really didn't have people that would share information with you. So um, I think things have evolved immensely. Um, and I do see just in, you know, in particular within the staffing industry, um, a real push for mentorship. And actually one of the organizations that we're a part of, the um, American uh, Staffing Association, I think it's really neat. And I think this actually came out of COVID. They created a mentorship program. So they actually put together a very specific, you know, six-month program where, and I actually signed up to have a mentor and they kept asking me, well, can you be a mentor? And I went, I, I need a mentor. Like I need a mentor. I need like another CEO in this business. And so you partner with um, an individual for six months and you can get together as often as you want and ask any type of question imaginable, which um, I think is really awesome. There's so many, and I'm sure for all industries, there's so much more available today than there was, like I said, in the early years of my career. There's so many organizations, you know, with Vistage. Um, I know so many people who have really said that Vistage was the best, um, you know, place for them um, to get in and to network and to just, you know, just to compare notes and, and actually have other people, you know, to somewhat hold you accountable in your business, you know. So there are those organizations within the staffing industry as well, where there are, you know, a small group of CEOs who will get together every quarter, you know, literally share their financial statements. Um, so I'm encouraged with what has evolved you know, throughout the decades that there's so much more available, um, you know, specific to the industry that you're in, just specific to gender, specific to age group. Um, there's so many more opportunities today than ever before um, for, you know, I really, you know, sometimes I think, gosh, I wish I could still be in my 30s and my work life. Oh my goodness. The things that are available to this generation uh, you know, the millennial generation, the Gen Zs, even, you know, there's so much available to them. And so that for me, that's just super encouraging um, to see that. And then I see, I work with a lot of young people here at Matter Staffing Services. I work with a lot of women. Um, it's kind of a trend in the, in the staffing industry. It's a very much a female dominated industry or used to be. It's, I think that's changing and evolving too. But there's a lot of young women who work here at Matter Staffing Services. And what I see in them is truly inspiring how they do have this adventurous spirit. You know, some of them that I see and looking for mentorship and have no fear coming and asking me questions and and just, you know, sharing, hey, these are my dreams and aspirations. And so um, that that's encouraging to see. So I'm inspired by what I see in the marketplace today. Well, that's excellent. I, I'm so thrilled to have to hear that because I've been in two fairly competitive um, industries myself yeah. in legal field and then in the insurance field where, you know, I would say that's historically a norm where um, any sales-oriented um, industry felt very proprietary about what they knew and what access they had. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I want to say, here's a Rolodex of my clients and their contact information. I'm not sure that I want to say that much, but I really do like to operate on the foundation of whatever you can learn from me if my client ends up wanting to work with you instead of me, maybe it was a better fit. That has to do with more me, what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, than what I'm sharing with somebody else. There's no reason to be proprietary about what we're doing. I mean, unless it's like some state-of-the-art patent or um, you know, a legal contract, which you shouldn't be sharing for proprietary yeah. reasons, 
I, I just don't think we need to be that competitive with one another. We are better together than we are in sharing. And I'm, I've seen in the small in, in insurance industry space, which is what I had transitioned to from my big Fortune 500 experience, that um, because of that, people were banding together and sharing across the country in big networks, um, the technology that they were able to have, yeah. how they were approaching prospects, how they were finding and engaging with um, employees. Because of course, in the last two years, it's it's kind of the S word rolls downhill, right? Uh, smaller yeah. the company, the even harder the war on talent has been. Um, yeah. And so working together has really made everybody um, better. And so I'm glad to see that in, in the staffing space as well. But what I also was really glad to hear you say um, is that mentors are for everybody. They're not just for lower, younger people. Um, it, it, it can be a huge value. I mean, leaders of companies, um, CEOs, founders um, are under immense stress. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, and I think the beauty and the spirit of what you've delivered, Melinda, and saying, could there be something better? Could I do something better? Could I offload some of this stress and burden by talking it out with a peer who really understands what I'm doing is really beautiful and brilliant. Um, and I think sometimes the the ego of people gets in the way to see that maybe you need some coaching. Maybe you don't know everything. Maybe somebody else could help you um, take the thoughts that you have and, and, and spin them and reformulate them. So I think that is a great point on mentorship that it's for everybody at any time, anywhere. Yes, absolutely. So earlier in the conversation, you also mentioned something about the seasons of life. And that was really one of the other questions um, as a mother, as a woman, um, as somebody that has been in business for many years and as a leader. So you've gone through the whole evolution of your career and cycle. Um, what do you think is important for women to understand about the seasons of life? You know, there could be some women listening right now who are really struggling with where to go next or I'm going to have a baby soon and I feel in my heart that I really want to take six or 12 months off but I don't know how to do that or there's some fear around the money about that or a ailing parent or moving into that next level of um, corporate leadership and the changes that are surrounding that. Um, we have all these different seasons of our lives. Um, you know, what would you say is most important at the different stages that you've seen and experienced? And in looking back, what would you tell yourself? Oh my goodness. Wow. That, that's a really good question. We're going to go deep, Melinda. <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh my goodness. There's so, yeah, there's so much there, you know, because I look at just just each decade of your life. And, and like you said, you know, um, when I started working at Mutter Staffing, I mean, I wasn't married. So I've gone through working here. I've, you know, got engaged, got married, you know, adopted two children. Now my children are young adults, you know, in their early 20s. Now it's, yeah, just seasons of life. I think... How would I answer that question? I think it's always helpful to, again, who you surround yourself with. I think it's really imperative to be around others, you know, who kind of are leading the path that you're about to go on. Who, like, like a Darla for me, you know, somebody who has kind of been there, done that. Um, you know, I know it's really important. And I, I think about the Women in Alliance, uh, you know, that we, uh, that I got to be a part of through the uh, Economic Alliance Houston Port region. And our committee is a very diverse group of women, you know, from, and you're really looking across the table at each woman is in a different season of life. And so, you know, I'm thinking of this, this one lady in particular who, Actually, two of them who have just, you know, had had babies, um, you know, so now they got multiple kids and they're really wanting to hear from other women. How do you do this? How do you do this big time career that I have? I love my job, but how, how do I do all of this? And so 
I think it's really important. That's why I love the Women in Alliance um, and just the purpose and the mission and the vision of that group. It is finding your network, finding your people and those people, um, nobody does it perfect. You know, that's first and foremost. Nobody does it perfect. You know, I personally don't believe in the word, you know, finding work-life balance. Um, there have been seasons in my career where my career has, I look at the year of COVID that um, it just, things shifted to where all of my time, energy, and effort had to be at Matter Staffing. And that year, I was also chairman of the board for the Pasadena Chamber of Commerce. That was a season in life. That was not a forever. There have been seasons in our life. And of course, you know, when you have your conversation with Rick, his sacrifice more so than, than mine of, um, of our children and having to uh, pour into our children where that became a main focus. And yeah, I just had to do this job but it didn't consume me. It was, you know, our kids really consumed our time and energy. So I think it's finding other people who have been through what maybe you're about to go through or what you're going through to just, again, come alongside and ask for their experience and their expertise. I think, and I think you just got to follow, you just got to follow your gut too. I will tell you the good, there's good things that came out of COVID. Um, this whole crazy world, you know, that we live in where I just heard this morning, like unemployment, it's 3.5% for the month of December. And they, you know, job growth is just, you know, still crazy. What's encouraging today, I think, is there's so many more opportunities where in my generation, it was, you were, I don't know if we were trained up or you just, I don't know how we ever had this mindset of, you never asked for anything. You know, you would never ask for, oh, well, I really want to take off six months to be home with my newborn. Oh my gosh, you never asked that question. It was like you had, what, four, six weeks of maternity leave and you had to be Buffet. back. You never thought of asking for an increase in pay. You never asked, you know, you never asked for, well, I think I want to work remote. You know, I want to do the hybrid thing, maybe remote two days a week in the office three. We are literally seeing a transformation in the workplace that I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. You know, others of my generation, they they couldn't relate to, why would you want to work remote? I think these are good things that are happening to where it's opening doors and opportunities for women. If I want to be a mom, I can be a mom. But then when you're ready to come back into the workplace and reboot your career or go into a totally different um, you know, industry or career, there's opportunities. It's it's what people bring to the table these days and what employers are looking for. It is not all about the skill set or even the degree anymore. Every, all of that is almost kind of being thrown out the window. And it's people, um, you know, I talked to so many employers looking for, you know, character and learners and, you know, people who are curious. And um, so I think that the seasons of life for women and all of the different, you know, transitions that they go through, you know, even looking at, you know, the, those of us who are older in the workforce, you know, I literally sit beside two women and now myself who um, the seasons of life is, it's taking care of your parents. You know, it shifts from, your children to now we're having having to take care of our parents. So I guess that's the best answer to your question is, again, surround yourself with people who have been there, done that, gone through what maybe you're about to go through um, and not being fearful of asking your employer and having conversations of your dreams and aspirations. Um, because I think our generation... I think that's what we failed. We failed at it was just come in, do the work, show up, and don't ever ask for anything. I think that was, um, I hate to say that, but I think that was put on put on us as a, as a female. Um, just get in there, do your do your job, be like a man, and show up every day. But like you said earlier, we're created for relationship. We're created to be mothers. Um, wives and we're just 
we're different. Um, and so I think being bold and brave and, and stepping out and asking. Well, I love that because that is one of the things I talk to women about all the time. I, you know, and I'd be interested to have your feedback since you deal with so many um, candidates on jobs. But I, from my view and what I've experienced, um, that women are just less likely to ask for in an interview whether or not they have the upper hand, which is is crazy to me. they're willing to ask for less or or when they're pushed on salary, well, do you really need that? They're more willing to come back with a significant lower number than men. And they're willing to ask for less time off. They're willing to ask for less of what they want in general. And, and I don't know if that's, you know, I want to be liked. I want to be, you yeah. know, e- even if they may not really want the job, it seems yeah. like, they want the offer. They want the ability to have, make the decision. And so they're willing to sacrifice some of the things that are really going to bring you career happiness, satisfaction, you know, and I, and I, I always tell people, one of the jobs I had, I, I found out that um, somebody that was around the same level as me was making a little bit more. And you know what kept, kept me personally fine with that? I really didn't care. It was because I asked for what I wanted. When pushed, I did not reduce and they gave me what I wanted. And so so when this information come, came to me, I wasn't uh. sitting there saying, oh my gosh, I should ask for more. Da, da, da. You know, I really thought, what am I worth? Uh, if I'm going to make this move, I really need to get you know every dollar that I want. And I got it. So what was I going to be upset about? What was I going to feel... Um, you know, jealous over nothing because I got what I asked for and I got that because I asked for it. Um, so is there any kind of trends that you see or, or, or have you seen trends that are slowly fading away or is there some, is there some rub there where we could really help women, you know, um, get what they, you know, want and deserve? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. You know, and I see, I mean, it, it's being in the staffing industry, you have the the privilege of working with so many different companies and you're just able to see, you know, everything kind of play out before you. And of course, things are kind of shifting just a little bit. You know, last year was just crazy. I mean, especially in our, our direct hire space, um, I sit next to our, our vice president who's, she's been, actually been at Matter longer than me. And so I'm always hearing, you know, offers you know, being made and her recruiting and talking with candidates and employers. And I don't see a discrepancy between male or female. It is both male and female. People are really stepping up to the plate and really, you know, boldly asking employers for this. This is what I would like, you know, as far as compensation. Um, Of course, you know, you see a lot in regards to time off and vacation. I think COVID just really woke people up to what am I doing with my life and what what's the quality of life that I want? So it's not only compensation, you know, monetary um, that people are asking for. It is a variety of things, which normally is is really, you know, time off, younger people asking for mentoring type programs, um, what is my career path? I would like to see my career path laid out. Um, and so, you know, we're actually doing that here at Matter Staffing Services this past year. We've really been working dil- diligently on creating a career path for younger people so they can see a pathway if they elect to do that, um, you know, where they could move and grow in Matter Staffing. Cool. Um, so it, it is, it, and it's it's because there's a lack of people. There is a worker shortage. So it goes back to two, supply and demand. And so employers are really waking up to um, providing what people are asking for, providing opportunities. On the flip side though, I also see, I don't see this as much though. So this is just a small little smidgen of people. Um, individuals who are unrealistic 
in what they're asking for as well. So do your research, know, know your value, know what the market is dictating as far as compensation. Because I do see, like I said, this is a small percentage of people um, that are asking for, you know, maybe a salary um, that I'm like, eh, your, your experience, your time in the industry, um, you're not there yet, but you can get there. So be very, you know, realistic um, as far as compensation, you know, wise and what you're asking for. But there's so much out there where you can do research and find out um, value. And I think for females as well, um, it goes back to the value and worth. And I think it's hard for us to sometimes say, I'm, I make a difference. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm valuable here at Metter Staffing Services. You know, this is what I bring to the table. There are certain gifts and talents that I have that I bring to the table. And I think sometimes for us as women, it's, it's hard to say that. <laughs> it just, it, and it just don't think that's in our nature to, um, to tip, step up and say, like, I'm worthy, I'm valuable. You know, but I look back, um, you know, at being a woman of faith. I mean, that's what God says about us. I mean, so I'm just like, why am I not saying what God says about me? Like, I'm valuable, I'm worthy. I, you know, I, br- I bring a lot here. I have, like I said before, you know, there's certain gifts and talents. And so um, I think that's something we can, I know I've had to work on um, myself as a female, uh, but hopefully this younger generation will do a much better job than, than maybe we've done in that area. And when it comes to seasons of life, there is a season for some people where I just need to have a job. I need, just need to have something that occupies us. Where Whether I feel valuable or not is irrelevant. I'm just showing up, clocking in and clocking out. Great. If that works for you, wonderful. Yeah. If you're looking for value, or to feel valued and like you make a difference in an organization, what I'm hearing from Melinda right now is there is no better time. Organizations are on the hunt. If you're not happy with where you are, let's put a plan together to think about what is your vision for your life? What kind of work will help you feel satisfied? And then likewise, help you feel valued because that for me also makes a difference. I really want to make a difference. I want to help people and serve, whether it's my office my mentees, um, or, you know, my friends and family, uh, that is a huge component to me in my contentment and satisfaction. So if that's a big thing that's missing for you, if you just don't feel like where you're at now is a place that is valuing you in the way that you want to be valued, you know, I I never tell people just jump and go look for another job because the grass is not always greener. Um, but there are positions out there and the right thing is out there for you. And it sounds like now is the time to be on the hunt. And I think I also heard you say, Melinda, that employers are opening up um, because of this uh, shortage to more transferable skills and more um, outside the box thinking about what kind of candidates will fit with them. Um, Because I I see that that's something else that often holds women back from um, making kind of a passion move or... um, moving into a job that would be more in line with their their vision is that they don't see on paper, similar to the value, um, they don't see on paper, well, how could I do this? I don't know that I have the skills or will other people see that? I might feel like I can do it, but will other people see that? Um, and I think that there's a lot of skills that are translatable and you highlighted one and and maybe you feel it's the number one skill set, but the curiosity aspect and how far yeah. that can take you. Um, do you see a lot of people kind of moving into other industries or ancillary industries with with good success? Is there anything that helps people do that? Yeah, I mean, it it is crazy. You're just, you know, you're seeing such a, um, just a transformation in in the workplace, in the marketplace. And um, you know, even, even friends of mine are, you know, moving from an industry that they've been in forever to something completely different. And you know, the employers that get it, that are really making the shift and the change, they're at the end of the day, they're the ones winning um, talent and the ones who are going to continue win- winning the talent. And so 
you know, again, and you're reading and you're hearing this, you know, day in and day out, it's, uh, you know, so many of our, our customers are, re- are removing uh, degree requirements from, you know, the job qualifications. They're like, why, why, why do you really need to have this degree for this? So to me, this, this is exciting. Um, but you, we are seeing so many people each and every day just make a huge jump from, like I said, one industry to a completely different um, industry. So, and, and again, I go back to, there's one huge employer here in Pasadena. And of course, the CEO is definitely a visionary and just one of the most successful, you know, business leaders in our region um, and, you know, specific to their industry as well, hugely successful. And one of his main requirements is it's the curiosity and ability to learn. It is just a constant willingness to learn. And their company is actually going into the high schools and recruiting high school students to come in and do work that a typical four-year college degree individual would be doing. And so they're really, you know, taking it to the next level where they're bringing these individuals in and they're literally making a statement that this high school student, by the time the four-year you know, individual has gone to college and got their degree, the high school student will be making more, way more money um, and have all this experience than the four-year college degree individual. I love that. I, I don't want to expand on that now for the here and now, but you should talk to them about um, how they can turn that into a program to uh, bring to different cities because uh, that's something I, I truly believe in that, you know, college isn't for everybody. There's so much to be done with um, on the job learning that we've gotten away from in the last 25 years. Uh-huh. You don't see, I worked since I was 14, honestly. And I went out there and I put my little application in and had mom, I need you to drive me here. I mean, I was really a driven go-getter. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I, I just was on a mission. And, and now it seems like you rarely see that. And then you don't see a lot of people hiring high school students for anything more than like working at a fast food restaurant or serving tables. So I love that they've gone out of their way to do that. Um, if, if Certainly if there's anything that I can do to help uh, be an idea person or put something together, I would love to figure out how to roll that out to other places um, yeah. in our area, you know, because I think that's so impactful. But um, we are going to be run up on time. And I knew that we were going to have so many things to talk about. And uh, there's two more questions I wanted to make sure that we got to. One, if you could go back either earlier in your career in, in this business and tell yourself uh, three things, what would you want to say to yourself? Wow. You know, the okay, the first thing that literally popped in my mind was um, I think of Patrick Lencioni, which I love his books. And I think of stay humble, hungry, and smart. And humility, um, I, you know, there's just something to say about humility. So um, humility, I would tell myself, Melinda, stay humble and then stay smart. And smart, like I said before, isn't necessarily how many degrees you have. Uh-uh. It goes back to that that curiosity, that learner, that seeker of information, but you know, stay hungry, humble, and smart. Leaders are readers. (laughs) Absolutely. That's wonderful advice. And the closing question, in the future, is there something that you can think of doing? Doesn't have to be career-oriented. Could be personal. It could be whatever, travel-related, whatever you think. Is there something that you can think of doing that would surprise your friends, family, or colleagues? Oh, my. Gosh, that's a good question. Well, um, gosh, that's a good question. What is it inside of you that you've kind of maybe thought about on the periphery, but like maybe you didn't think it was a real possibility or something that really made sense with your life, but that if you could find the time or the adventureness uh, to get out there and do something, what would it be that would surprise people? Yeah, I think... I don't know if that surprised people, um, you know. And of course, Rick, you know, my husband is always saying, like, okay, when you go to your next career, Melinda, um, 
because I'm not, I'm not, you know, I always tell people, okay, my dad is 83 and, you know, my dad doesn't believe in retirement. I was like, no, I like to travel too much. So I don't, I don't want to have to be on a calendar and a schedule and have to work forever. But, you know, Rick always says, you know, that we'll do things together. Um, I don't know what that'll look like. So I think that will surprise a lot of people. Um, I don't know if it's a book together or, you know, a podcast together. Oh my gosh, or... I wrote it down. I wrote I wrote it down no. about 30 minutes ago. So here it oh is, Melinda, I have it for you. I think that you guys could showcase your relationship and do some kind of uh, conference or leadership or coaching for couples uh, because I think together, um, you know, if we go look at the Gottman, um, wasn't that a husband and wife, um, Uh that worked together, the presence of you guys, I think, um, and, and all that you guys have been through and, and now living in this amazing career, guys, we have, you know, our show here is all about life, happiness and contentment and, and driven around the career. But, but so much of that also has to do with your relationship, which we haven't really touched upon. And so we might have to come back with you and Rick yeah. together. But you guys are living in this, you know, next season of your marriage and just, you know, killing it. So um, <laughs> I, I actually wrote that down that I was going to tell so you funny. and text Rick that yeah. saying like, you know, in your next thing, you guys should find a way to uh, mentor other, you know, couples. Um, that would be so fabulous. Um, so and I think that's going to be pro- probably like next step. And my heart's desire is like, I'm, I, you know, God has just hardwired me as an encourager. And I, it's to, it is to do something centered around encouraging and building people up. So Thank you so much for your time today, Melinda. You're the CEO of a company and for you to give an hour and a half of your time to join us and share your wisdom and your words and encouragement and inspiration and your mentorship virtually for all of the people listening. Uh, Just bless you and thank you so much for your time. Uh, We will share all the information that we talked about in the show notes. And until next time, keep thinking about what your vision is, keep working on it, Keep growing in your confidence. Thanks for listening in. If you loved what you heard, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with your friends. Tag us on social media so we can give you a big shout out. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want more, head on over to the website where you can learn all about what we do to serve and support our entire community. Until next time, keep dreaming big and getting clear. You are made for more. So start living like it today.